at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to episode 118 of the Bronx Beat Podcast, your podcast about the New York Yankees. My name is EJ Fagan, and tonight I am joined by, of BP Bronx, Derek Albin. Hey, EJ. And returning to this podcast, so after almost a year of absence, the editor-in-chief of BP Bronx, uh, the uh, verified on Twitter, the blocked on Twitter by Seb Gorka, uh, <laughs> the great Stacey Gatsoulias. <laughs> What an introduction. Hey, welcome back. Come on, I missed you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so Stacy is is most of the reason why we are we are now at BP Bronx instead of the old blog, why we're now called the Bronx B podcast and Stacy, it's just wonderful to have you back on. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm very happy to be back. I, I I'm hoping to get the to have an episode where we get the whole old band back together at some point, uh, mm-hmm. but for now, we'll have to have to have to deal with just one of you at a time. Um <laughs> I uh, uh, so this is exciting. We we have some we have some news. Yeah, uh, we, have, we have some interesting news. Uh, the Yankees have interviewed a new managerial candidate who I think I wasn't really expecting them to interview. So, yeah. Stacy, who was that, and tell us about it. Yeah, they interviewed Carlos Beltran today, and uh, it seemed to go well. Um, you know, he said some interesting things about being a manager. He actually told Cashman prior to a Yankees Astros game uh, during the season that he was planning on retiring and he actually volunteered his services to the organization in any way possible. So there was some sort of ball rolling before even the postseason. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I know that he said that um, he would be really interested in managing and he would prefer to have, uh, since he doesn't have any managerial experience, Um, his bench coach to have managerial experience, but he thinks his experience mentoring young players and being around for so long that he thinks he would be able to do a good enough job to manage. So it should be very interesting. And they said the meetings were going well and um, they discussed strategy. They discussed how the Yankees could get better as a ball club. And he said that uh, he's very excited about how bright the future of the organization is. So he seems to be on board with the Yankees, you know, mission the next few seasons. So that's pretty cool. So, Stacey, we've talked um, the, the manager stuff to death. So I'm curious what you think. Do you think that uh, a former player like Beltron, uh, kind of as the archetype, somebody who has never managed before, but is a, you know, is a, is a, is a, a a player of note that people think would be good as a as a clubhouse guy is the right way to go versus we'll say the opposite pole which is like the the guy who's been managing in the minor leagues or a bench coach at, at the major leagues or is is ready to kind of step in ha, has been training to be a manager for a long time where do you kind of stand between those two poles yeah see i don't know i kind of i kind of like this out of the box thing with beltron i think it would be 
interesting <laughs> to see what he could do. Um, I have to admit that I was kind of excited about the prospect of Hensley Mullins possibly managing the Yankees because I think he's paid his dues long enough, and um, I think he would be a good choice. I mean, if it came down to the two of them, um, I wouldn't be uh, upset either way. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think it would be pretty exciting if they hired Beltron because it would feel like a very un-Yankee thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Derek, what, what's your opinion of, of Beltron as a managerial candidate? I, I was actually pretty surprised because I, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but I, I thought that he had pulled himself essentially like out of the running not long before or not long after the World Series ended. There was some initial speculation, and I, I could have swore that I read something that he wanted to just take a year to take a breather. But I guess I'm I, clearly I was either misremembering or Beltron changed his mind. But I'm. Uh, Definitely surprised. I'm I'm a little hesitant about somebody who's um, has no experience, and I'm kind of with Stacy. I like Mullins um, a lot, and really just anyone. I I prefer someone with some experience as a coach or a manager, um, whether that's Mullins or even like Rob Thompson or, or or Chris Woodward. I'd be a little more comfortable there, but it is a little bit comforting also that Beltron did mention that, as Stacy noted, that that Beltron was would like to have a bench coach who at least had some managerial experience to, you know, I guess get him, um, you know, help him go through the games and the in-game strategy because um, it's not so much I'd be worried about Beltron, you know, you know, handling the clubhouse. He seems more than apt to to do that. I'm just a little worried about, you know, coming into a situation where he'd be in high pressure quite often to make, you know, decisions on the fly. And I don't know how ready he is for that or anybody without experience for that matter. Yeah, so for me, I think you know Beltron is a big step over Aaron Boone in my mind, mm. and I don't—I mean, I don't know anything specific about Aaron Boone. I, I don't think that his his broadcasting time tells me anything about how he would be as a as a major league manager. But Beltron is a, is a former player of the Statcast age, of of the age where where analytics are deeply thrown into any clubhouse, um, and so that gives me that that definitely gives me a little bit more confidence in in him versus versus like some other random former players. I, I'm still with you guys though. I, I think Mullins is, is the most interesting um, name I've heard along with Chris Woodward. Um, we should also note that the Yankees have said that they will, they will be interviewing one more person whose name we don't know yet. Um, so that could be triple a manager, Al Albuquerque. It could be Tony Pena. It could be, you know, someone completely different. Well, I would um, like to say that uh, it would be nice if uh, they would, wouldn't hire their 35th white manager in a row. <laughs> It'd be nice if they maybe hired someone who wasn't a white male. Just, you know, just once. It would be nice if, if you get Carlos Beltran, Henry, uh, Mullins is like a third base coach or a hitting coach. Yeah. And then Tony Pena is your bench coach. Like, come on, there we go. It's, right? kind of, it's unbelievable that it's been to this point. Like the, even the Red Sox beat the Yankees now. Like the it's just like ridiculous. Actually, I think they, I think they were upgrading Marcus Timms to hitting coach or they were talking about doing that. That would be wonderful. There we go. And then, then Mullins could play third base coach, right? Yeah. We, uh, uh, we, we can go for it. We, we can correct for 37 years uh, of uh, mystery. And also it's not like they didn't have lots of managerial openings in the eighties. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, at some point you can fire Billy Martin. You can replace him with a guy who's not white. Right. Um, well, those times that they brought him back, they could have put someone else in there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Instead of just going back to Billy Martin every time. <laughs> 
so that's interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, hopefully they will have a manager in place once the free agent period begins in earnest. Uh, Derek, uh, you wrote a really interesting article on the blog. On uh, the, the blog is BP Bronx, bronx.locals.baseballperspectives.com uh, on uh, Shohei Otani. So can you tell me a little bit about your argument? Yeah, sure. Um, so as we all know, or as I assume most of us have heard, that Otani sent out a, a little survey out to all 30 major league teams, um, just kind of looking for some more information about what they like about him and whatnot. And then now in the past couple of days also, there's been some added speculation now that we know for sure that he's coming over uh, to the majors that maybe, you know, the Yankees, if they sign him, they would try out a six-man rotation. And I basically just wrote about some of the considerations that come with going with a six-man rotation and maybe uh, and, and why it hasn't happened already yet for other teams. Um, and some of the things that I'm sure the Yankees and even other teams that are you know, pursuing Otani or considering are, you know, what it means for keeping, you know, the pitchers in the rotation healthy, um, how their routines would be affected between starts, would pitchers get better because they might be fresher throughout the season. Um, just, just the whole, there's a whole bunch of implications of going with a six man. I think in the end, I kind of concluded that I really like the idea of going to a six man rotation. Um, I don't know what you guys uh, think about it, but I, I feel like there's a lot of benefits to it in terms of health and the Yankees are just so deep in starting pitching at this point, even if assuming they get Otani and if they bring back CC, I just, Derek, let me back up. Yeah, go ahead. Your article is really, really methodical. And I'd like to kind of go through it methodically the, the argument. So what, first off, what are the benefits of a six man rotation and why are the Yankees specifically, why, why are the Yankees personnel specifically uh, in line to benefit? Yeah, so uh, a couple of benefits. One is there's been some, a couple of studies done by um, Rob Arthur of 538 and then Russell Carlton of Baseball Prospectus that basically have found links between the occurrence of injuries depending on how many days of rest a pitcher gets between starts. Um, Rob Arthur found um, that essentially there's a 20% drop in injuries reported within two weeks of a start from four days of rest to five days of rest. And then Russell Carlson found that there's a link between um, the amount of innings pitched in one year to future uh, elbow or uh, sorry, elbow or shoulder injuries being reported in future years. So that's one the two of the big benefits really is just keeping the arm healthy by less often pitching less often. And then also lower innings uh, counts over an entire season. And so the Yankees, um, their current starting rotation, the argument you made there is that there's a lot of, they have a lot of players who might specifically benefit more than even the average pitcher uh, from a, from a, a six man rotation. So can you, can you go through that a little bit? So, I mean, the Yankees already have, um, even without Otani, you have Tanaka, you have Gray, you have Severino and Montgomery, and those are four bona fide starters already. And you assume even if things don't go well and they don't get Otani or even CeCe, they're still going to probably bring in somebody else. And there's depth in the minors too. You have, you know, Chance Adams. You even have Luis Sessu who could probably pass for an okay fifth starter. Um, Justice Sheffield isn't, you know, too far away. And at some point, you know, you want to work all these guys in, but you want to perhaps work them in, you know, a little bit more carefully and keep them fresh for the playoffs uh, at the end of the year and in the long term in, you know, 2019 and 2020. Um, and not only that, I mean, let's, 
talking more about focusing more on Otani is that he's used to you know getting five days of rest between each start. And even Tanaka, I mean, when he was over in Japan, he was getting five days of rest. And he's used to that. He's obviously adjusted to having four days of rest here in the majors, and he hasn't much hasn't had much of a problem doing that. But you have to imagine that him and Otani would wouldn't have too much of an issue going back to that. Um, and hopefully, the other guys like Gray and Severino would be able to acclimate to that as well. Yeah, yeah, I I, I really like your argument, um, and I think that. Show, oh, it's a it's a good argument that major league teams should be considering regardless. Um, in the age of the of injuries, I think that you it makes sense to try to limit those injuries, even if it means you're getting a few less Luis Severino starts. You're getting more. Um, you're, you you might be getting more Luis Severino starts over the long term. Um, I think Otani is is interesting. That that he he is a player that solves some of the roster issues you get from a yes. six man starting rotation. Because that takes a, a reliever out of your bullpen, you're essentially playing with a 24 man roster. Um, so, so what does Otani do for you? Yeah, so he's he can he's a two way player in Japan, and it sounds like he should be capable of at least DHing a couple days a week here in the majors. Um, there's some skepticism about his swing, whether it's too long, um, but regardless, I mean, he definitely has some ability. And if you could plug him in at DH at least a couple of days a week, you could still have that traditional seven-man bullpen that we've gotten used to over the past few years. And even though it would seem like a short bench by only having three players, really Otani would effectively be, or at least allow for an additional bench player on the days that he's not pitching or the days that he's in the lineup. The Yankees are among among the many teams that, you know, into December, it's almost December, have done very little this offseason. There was a burst of activity immediately after the World Series where the Angels signed Justin Upton and Masahiro Tanaka chose not to go in the market and you know, and, and then it stopped. And then we didn't, we didn't get a lot of news and we still haven't gotten a lot of news. Uh, and what's interesting to me is that um, the, Yankees, the Yankees don't really appear ready to make a lot of news anytime soon. They're waiting on Otani. Um, they're, they're waiting on a new contract for Brian Cashman and they don't have a manager. Uh, and so I'm wondering if the Yankees are going to have is this, is this going to be a boring off season? I guess is my question for 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 you too, or you know, is it, are we going to have like five emergency podcasts next month? You know, which 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 poll which poll are we at? Are we at? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I had written something for uh, FanRag like earlier in the month, complaining about how horrible the free agent class was this off season. <laughs> Like just how boring it is. And, you know, I figured it wasn't going to be anything exciting and that Otani was probably going to be the most exciting thing. And, you know, I, I don't see anything other than that being a big thing. And if that doesn't happen, I mean, anything that the Yankees do is not going to be anything compared to that. I don't think. Right? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, after Otani, I mean, the Yankees aren't going to be in on Darvish. They're not going to be in on Arietta. They're not going to be in on uh, J.D. Martinez unless, you know, we get totally shocked. But, like, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so after Otani makes his decision, I mean, unless Cashman has some sort of interesting trade up his sleeve, it seems like the team is going to be relatively similar to um, to this past season. All right, so I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think if Otani signs... I think you actually have a potential for a much more interesting offseason in addition to, to Otani uh, because all of a sudden the Yankees are going to have like $30 million to spend. 
Mm. Um, I, I can bring up my old post that we, the Yankees have approximately $30 million and Otani, um, I, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure his bonus doesn't count toward that. It doesn't. He's a minimum yeah. salary player next year. Yeah. And so that minimum salary player is all of a sudden taking up a roster spot and you now have money to spend on, on your extra roster spots. Now, where does that go? I've got a couple of ideas. I think you overpay for a backup catcher uh, to replace Austin Romine, someone who who you know can spell Gary Sanchez more often than Austin Romine can. Alex Avila was predicted by MLB trade rumors. It sounds like a good idea to me. You hmm. could do the six-man rotation thing, which means re-signing CeCe Sabathia. You could throw some money Todd Frazier's way, since I think at this point, the weak spot in this, uh, in this this on this roster is Chase Headley. And having another third baseman can't hurt. But at the same time, you have Glaber Torres kind of lurking, lurking behind behind the scenes. So there just seems to be something missing. There's something out there that the Yankees could do, and will have the money to to, to spend. And I don't. I just don't think that we're going to look up at the end of the offseason and see a Yankee payroll at 170 million dollars. Now, do you see any trades happening? Well, that's, like that's a good question. Do you, unloading do you, anyone? Well, let, let's take a look at those at those potential that potential trade market. Um, John Carlos Stanton. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, the Yankees. If the Yankees sign Otani, that actually becomes more of a possibility. I don't think it's likely because he's still mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yeah, that's um, a lot of money. And, and you still have to stay under the, that luxury tax this year, presumably. Um, I mean, are, can we also be talking, or maybe we're also talking about, I don't know, like, uh, you know, bringing in a, I don't know, another relief pitcher or I, I, I just, I, I don't know where the money's coming from. And it's, that's hard yeah. to say because there's also not, not that many spots to upgrade. It's basically just third base. And, and I, I guess too, like maybe we're not considering that the Yankees might try to, I mean, potentially dump Ellsbury at least some of his contract on somebody I guess that could be interesting to free up mm-hmm. some additional money like you're saying I mean that still, still seems doubtful but I'm sure they're trying to some um, extent so the Marlins are thinking about trading some players and so t- besides Stanton tell me if you're interested in any of these are you interested in D Gordon only if you can move Castro I guess but I mean I don't even I don't know I'm not even sure he's that much of an upgrade over Castro, even though I'm not a big Castro fan. Uh, how about uh, Marcel Ozuna? Yeah, he's good. He's really good. Yeah, I, and and well, if it was the old Marlins ownership, I'd say that they just hate him. Um, I have no idea what Derek Jeter thinks about him. He doesn't seem to be very good at the whole John Carlos Stanton thing. <laughs> um, so uh, those are options. Uh, I'm going to keep going for just other names that are out there. Eric Hosmer. Pass. <laughs> Daisy? Yeah, pass. Yeah, I'm with you guys there too. He uh, seems like a Red Sox guy anyway. <laughs> well, the Red Sox are also thinking about Jose Abreu, <laughs> yeah. which is another option, right? Jose Abreu. Would you do Greg Bird for Jose Abreu? Mm, I don't know. Derek? I don't think so. I, I, Abreu is a really good hitter, and I think he's almost an underrated hitter, but he's a terrible defensive first baseman, and to me, I don't know if that's really just a problem the Yankees need to solve. If anything, I think they need more depth at first base just to, as an insurance for uh, for Bird, just because he is pretty brittle over there. So I think I do it. I, I mean, yeah, he's a bad defensive first baseman, but Greg Bird's not exactly a star either. Um, and you know, we haven't really seen Greg Bird put it together in two and a half years. Is, is there a rumor? Is there like a? Is the does the rumor say what the Red Sox might be offering for him? I have no idea, but I. I 
I, I don't know. Um, it's there's a lot of first basemen out there right now. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna start naming some more first basemen. You know, we we haven't talked about Greg Bird in this podcast much at all. What is your general feeling going into next year on Greg Bird, uh, Stacy? Um, it would be nice if he actually had a full season <laughs> and didn't injure himself with like a day left in spring training. If he if he is healthy, do you think he is good? I think he could be. I mean, he's not going to be like you know. Aaron Judge good. Like, you know, like last year. That's what I mean. Um, not like Rod talking about him as the best hitter on the Yankees during the playoffs. Um, like, <laughs> I mean, I think he can be a solid player. You know? Derek? Like oh sorry, continue. Good for twenty home runs. Maybe okay, twenty five. So, so you're thinking like Justin Bohr is kind of what we're thinking here, right? Like, so good, but not, not, no one's at, no, he's not going to, you know, make an all-star game. Right. Um, so in, in my mind, if that's, if that's the case, and, and I haven't looked at the numbers more deeply, so that sounds about right to me, then, then I think, then you trade him for Jose Abreu, no problem, right? You're essentially getting, I think like two years of Abreu uh, before he's a free agent, three years of Abreu, you know, basically, you know, late, you know, beginning of the decline phase maybe, but the guy who slugged 550 last year, and you're giving up, uh, you know, a player who's going to be pretty useful for a while, but not, not a, a world beater. Um, I don't know what the Red Sox are planning, but there's a lot of first basemen out there. I'm going to read some other first baseman names. Uh, Carlos Santana. I like him a lot. I mean, I think I wrote about him a couple of weeks ago, um, just to bring him in as a DH and as some insurance for Bird. Um, he's, I think, he's pretty underrated too, and he's not a terrible. Uh, defender over at first, and it sounds like for the money that he's estimated to get, it sounds like he almost might be a steal. Stacy, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I don't think. Yeah, I'm, I'm there good. too. Yeah. I, I, I think, I, I think. Look, I don't think I'm going. I'm not, I'm not going to complain if Greg Bird is your first baseman going into next season. But if right. Brian Cashman has twenty five million dollars lying around and he can give fifteen of those to to Carlos Santana to play for us. I'll take it. Like I think he's, he's totally worth. It. He's also younger than he, than I thought he was. He's only thirty one. Uh, he'll be thirty two next year, so that's not bad. Yeah, and, um, and like and like if you can, if it's between money or 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 just or trading Bird for Abreu, I'd rather just give the money. I mean, it's not my money, obviously, but I'd rather give the money to uh, to Santana. All right, here's a fun one: Logan Morrison. Morrison. No. Yeah. Okay. no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm with you there, um, Todd Frazier. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him at MLB trade rumors rumored three years thirty three million dollars. <sighs> now he's thirty two. He's gonna be thirty three. He's going to be thirty thirty two in February. Oh, he okay. He will be thirty two. <sighs> but he's declining already. Like his all of his numbers are declining already. I mean, if, if he had been the same player last year without like the fun New Jersey part of him, mm-hmm. like I just think he'd be a failure. Like he's not, he hasn't been that good for a while. He was mm-hmm. not good this year. He was not good with the Yankees. He was not good in the playoffs. You know, at best, he's a slightly above average hitter who's aging and can play some decent, okay defense. And can occasionally run into a home run. Right. And, and, you know, it's not, you know, if he were a left-handed hitter in Yankee Stadium, I might be persuaded. Right. But a righty in Yankee Stadium, I just don't, I think there's just better ways to spend your money. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, the only upside is that he can also play third. 
and the Yankees might have a need at third. But then you have Glaber Torres again, so I'm not I'm I'm not too certain there. So you know we can go through more names, but I don't want to do that. You know we I think the general rule of thumb here is that you know if they sign Otani, they have a bunch of money to spend. If they don't sign Otani, then they got to spend it on CC Sabathia. Um, and that means that they, they won't have the money to make this kind of exciting move. Now, well, do you think that CC would be willing to do a year-to-year thing like Andy Pettit did? That's a good question. I mean, CC was basically in tears at the end of of, of the, the postseason series. He was basically like, oh, I'm coming back and I'm finishing this. It's kind of hard to negotiate off of that, right? I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I, I, he's made his money. He's He, he likes New York. You know, maybe he could get like a two-year deal if he really tried to maximize it. But that two-year deal, who knows where that would that deal would be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he comes back for fifteen million dollars, right? One year. See if his knees hold up. Yeah, because I mean, you know, he had a really. The season was, I mean, it wasn't like incredible, but you know, considering where he was two seasons ago, it was amazing. Yeah. I really hope we see him back. And, and I, the year-to-year thing, I mean, seems like something that at his age, something that hopefully he'll be amenable to. Um, and, and he, you know, he really pitched well down in the, in the playoffs too. He had some really good games. Like he's, he may not be the same guy that he used to be, but I feel comfortable with him on the mound in a big game. Mm-hmm. Here's a real quick, real quick trivia. So real right off the top of your head without looking it up, without doing any math, how many years would you? How many seasons would you say CC Sabathia has been a member of the Yankees? Eight, nine, nine, uh, nine. Yes, that's nuts, right? It, it, I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it doesn't feel like he's been around for that long, but he's been a real member of this team yeah. since the new stadium opened. Mm-hmm. It's just not. I just, and I'm also getting old because uh, <laughs> I remember that that season very well. Um, so, so yeah, so I think that's, that's worth thinking about with Sabathia, but you know, the Jeff Passan writes this article about how major league baseball is basically waiting, not just on Otani, um, but free agency is being de-emphasized by major league front offices, which I'll believe when I see, because they hmm. continually spend more money in free agency. Um, the Yankees specifically, I think can't do anything until you have Otani's decision made, Brian Cashman's decision made. And uh, or Brian Cashman's contract resigned, and the new manager. I think those three are requirements. Um, and so we're. I think we might have some emergency podcasts, um, but I don't think uh, I don't think it will be a boring off. I, I don't think it. I, I'm rather, I think we will have those emergency podcasts because it will not be a boring off season because they're either going to sign Otani or they're going to have a bunch of money to spend and have some holes to fill. Um, and also, if they don't sign Otani, they get to sign the entire Braves farm system. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kevin Maitan apparently got fat, but, you know, maybe he's still good. We'll figure it out. Uh, thank you guys both for joining me. This has been a wonderful conversation. We will be back next Wednesday. Uh, just some homework if you're listening. Uh, at some point over the next few weeks, whenever we have a slow news week, we are going to review Jeff Passan's book, The Arm, his really, really good book, about the um, uh, about Tommy John surgery and uh, young pitching development and scouts scouting middle school games and all the causes that you uh, of increased Tommy John surgery. It's an excellent book. I just finished it myself. I can recommend really the good, yeah. you know, the audio book 
um, because the narrator for the audiobook is unfortunately not passing, but it's a guy with this like scruffy kind of kind of like Texas accent that makes you feel like he's narrating a Civil War documentary. It's good. <laughs> it's it's it, it's very it's very it's very nice sounding. Uh, so highly recommend the Audible book um, if you're looking for a way to uh, to listen to it. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. This has been your Bronx Beat Podcast. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.